It's time to talk strong women on the KEXE KBXE morning show. I'm Heidi Holton along with Laura Connolly. Hi, Heidi. Hi. You are our, our strong women facilitator and a strong woman yourself. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Well, this portion of strong women, our interviews, our focus groups, is winding down to an end. It is. Yeah. It's bittersweet. It is. I mean, we will continue doing this kind of work. We may do it in other ways, and we will always be talking to women, of course. Um, But we are so excited to tell you about what happened last week when we had our final focus group. I wonder if you'd kind of set the stage for us how we came up with taking a road trip. Yeah, so we decided to go out with a bang here, I guess. (laughs) Um, It's our first ever... Well, I mean, we went over to Bemidji a few times. Right, and we went to Brainerd. Yes. yes. Pre-pandemic. Yes. True, So we've done two Strong Women in Climate series here. And our first one, there was a woman on it who owns, or is part owner, or what are they called, founders? Mm Mm-hmm. Of a place that's called Balsam Moon Preserve. Caretakers, it looks like they call themselves. Okay, caretakers. Barb Mann and Doug Weiss, yeah. Beautiful. And so she was on our first focus group about climate and strong women and then we decided wow she's actually kind of running a place that is all about sustainability honoring the earth taking care of ourselves let's go over there and check it out and have a focus group there so you called her up and asked her if she wanted to do that and she was all in i know she just said yes Yep. Right away, just yes, yes, which I love. On their website, they say their story is an emerging vision of peace, sustainability, renewal in partnership with Earth Spirit people. And wow. They're sharing an alternative, sustainable, spiritual place of peace, honoring the Earth and all living things. So one of the things that I thought was pretty cool about this, because we always talk about who shows up and how they show up and and that it always seems sort of magical. This one especially, because the last one when we talked about climate, we invited women to come, but they were from all over the place because it was on Zoom. And then so we knew this one, it may not be the same people that had that first conversation about climate because, you know, we went, went on a Tuesday Right. You know, to Pine River, we knew that, you know, some people probably wouldn't be able to go. And so when I put the invite out to the women that had been there before, I said, please invite women you think might want to be there. Yes. And then it started to roll in. All these people, because someone they cared about invited them, they knew they would be comfortable or want to be a part of this group. And so I was particularly pleased at who turned up this time. I was too. And like we say, it's always the right group of people at the right time. But it it just says so much about the reach of KXC, this project, that a whole new group of women showed up at a place that's, you know, it's a little bit out of the way. <laughs> Longer than we realized. We had a wonderful <laughs> trip there. Yes, we did. Got to the reserve. Yeah. Preserve. Preserve. And we had a little tour. Barb. Barb took us on this tour. So there's a lot of... Uh, alternative energy there's a solar panel she took us out to this field Um, the they've done all this building and creation themselves there was that big the deep winter greenhouse yes and the but the big oven oh yeah brick oven yeah to do pizza and bread in yeah they do things there like have have a class where you learn to make bread and then while it's rising you're having discussions about things i know that's right 
out of your yeah hello <laughs> that's something you would love to do <laughs> sign so me up we were just getting this it, it was really fun to just be following barb around and you know they're thinking about who might use the place at some point and how they might use it and that they want to this isn't about capitalism this is about people having a, a peaceful place to be and that you know maybe you're going to pay it forward by you know making a dinner or helping in the yard or you know doing something that you have expertise in yeah she's calling it reciprocity that's, that's great. the the word she's using for what you can do if you want to be in the space i mean they even actually have places where you could stay if you wanted to yeah it's remarkable we the focus group was inside of their screen porch that i think she said just got finished mm-hmm. last year yeah beautiful huge wood beams just just perfect yeah and she made some coconut rhubarb uh yum <laughs> bars yeah so we you know we shared some food we sat down you said the word reciprocity i think there's some interesting things as we talk about the conversation that we heard reciprocity and listening um it just really made me think of how women do things collectively or even feminist principles in that way, that it isn't just about one person and the individual and what they're doing to save the climate, to save the, you know, the Mother Earth. Absolutely. They were thinking about women gathering and what we can do better together. Yeah, and that was a huge thing that has come up. It's actually come up in all of the focus groups, but in these last two, it's been really prominent, this idea of these small groups of women gathering to figure out what we're going to do about it. And, you know, everybody just knows that you're never going to be able to go at it alone. We need each other. We're stronger together. A lot, a lot of talk about community building. And even one woman said that she seeks out these small groups and wants to be a part of as many of them as she can, which is really cool. Let's talk about some of the things that you heard in terms of that and women coming together to build community. Yeah, so that was like a main theme was this idea that to solve the climate crisis, it's going to require a lot of community building, which of course is already happening in a lot of different places. And women talked about that, how, you know, we have this small group over in Pine River, we're meeting to talk about climate and what people are doing. And to know that this is also happening in a lot of different places that then suddenly these small spaces collectively become a big movement of women working on this very issue. The women that showed up were from different walks of life. There was a woman there who talked about, I think she was, you've written about her here. She was going to, she's turning 76 this summer. Yes. So we had a 12-year-old. Her granddaughter. Yes. And then we had her. She's turning 76. And she, she was so, I mean, just wise and very, like, gentle in her approach and what she had to say and she talked a lot about this idea of we need each other she expressed how during covid she experienced a lot of loneliness which we know was a common thing that happened Mm -hmm. and that oftentimes women can feel like they have to take on their own well-being themselves they can't ask for help right because they have to be responsible for making sure everybody else is okay and that it's okay for us to seek healing and help from each other. I was really drawn by how she was describing the pandemic and how it's changed her outlook now that 
it feels like the way she said it was that she didn't know what was coming next. In the past, we could always, we understood what was hap- what was going to be happening next. But to have such a huge global pandemic happen that none of us ever expected we'd ever live through. Right. So now there's like this kind of deep-seated uncertainty in all of us. Yeah. And so then sh- what she did with that, because that can be really anxiety-inducing, obviously. But what she has done with that is she just got real solid in what she has to give. And she said, I know that I have, I can grow things, and I love to feed people. And that's enough. Okay. Hello. That's like mu- music to my ears. That's, yeah. all, that's what I do, feed, you know. Yeah. There's an interesting thing there then, because she had her daughter and her granddaughter there as well. And that plays into what she said she does because they're farmers yes so her daughter they they were cattle ranchers they ended up having to sell the cattle because of the drought but then they quickly pivoted and started to figure out you know what they were going to do next they're planting apple trees they're growing new things she talked about a program i think it was a grant program that they received grant funds Mm -hmm. to grow food for veterans. Mm -hmm. That was a huge theme, this idea of like women, when there are crisis situations, adaptability mindset. What are we going to do? Well, and it made perfect sense the way she was describing how they had, like the word pivot I thought was instrumental there because women really know how to pivot, don't they? Yes. But also she had this science background. I think she had had studied biology and environmentalism, something soil. The way that she approached that pivot that she had to do, like she'd been studying that her whole life and she knew how to find that next thing to do. I mean, she didn't talk about how hard that must have been on their family to have to not be cattle farmers anymore. (laughs) No, she didn't say anything about that. And I'm sure it was very hard and scary and a lot of uncertainty. She just like got to work figuring out what to do next. That was a big one. And a lot of women talked in their own ways about adapting and how they had to pivot accordingly. Women also talked about this idea of adaptability. When things are changing, when there are big transitions in life, you know, collective transitions. So the whole climate crisis is a huge transition time for us as a people. It's like a do or die moment here. Mm -hmm. And so they are seeing how it's actually causing like these systems that don't actually work for the earth or for people to come apart and to crumble. And that's okay. As long as we have this adaptability pivot mindset where we can create the solutions to come out of this on the other side. It's Laura Connolly. I'm Heidi Holton. We're talking about our latest Strong Women Focus Group. We had a field trip to Balsam Moon Preserve in Pine River, Minnesota. That idea that it made me feel so good, that whole discussion about how the old is crumbling and breaking down and that this is a messy time. Like for someone to put words to that, what this time is and to define it, to me, it's a little bit scary. We don't know where we're at right now. The climate crisis seems huge. How do you do anything? But they were just describing it as this is what happens and we're going to move through it. Yes, they were. And in particularly what I left feeling really good in my heart about was that the older women were the champions for this very notion. 
like they have every reason to have all the doubts in the world that will be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But they were the ones who are like, it's okay, we're going to figure this out. Let's talk a little bit about, we were lucky to have there with us some of the women that uh, lead Happy Dancing Turtle in Pine River. And they have, this is exactly what they do in the world. Yeah, it's their mission. What is their mission? I feel like we build should stewards. Yeah, build stewards of the earth. Yeah, that that absolutely. And so then they they seek out groups like this to learn from other people about what they're doing. Yeah, that was great having them there. So what their mission is was also another theme of the focus group. Again, this time, this idea of if we have a really solid relationship with each other and with nature, with earth, then we are going to ultimately be the best stewards. There was a moment where the woman that we already mentioned, the elder of the group, talked about you know cooking and gardening and feeding people. And she was very humble about what she does. And then someone else spoke up because apparently this woman teaches other people to do this and has been a leader for a long time. To see the look on her face as someone was telling her what they have meant to the community, what she her work had meant, at first you could tell she was sort of embarrassed. She wanted, I could tell she wanted to go, no, it yeah. was nothing. Yes. But then she just let it sink in. Yeah, she accepted it. And then to be able to watch that happen to her and then see her granddaughter see that. I know. That was a really, really beautiful moment. It was perfect. Yeah. And to be able to be in person and just feel it. I mean, and there were times in this focus group. So what we do often is record it. And then I go back and listen to it a couple times just to make sure we're hearing all the themes. And there were a lot of times in this one where we all just sat quietly for a minute Mm -hmm. and just let the wind blow. And it was not uncomfortable, silent. It was perfect. Right. I I am struck by, because we've all been parts of groups or you go to something and you are trying to learn something and you want to leave with something specific or you're there to like solve something, you know, have a project. And I started the group out feeling like, you know, being sort of feeling like we should be task oriented. I mean, I wasn't going to do that. I was there to listen. But I slowly got better with that. It, this is just a conversation. This is just a connection. It doesn't have to lead to that project that's going to take all so much more of your time. Like you have to have these relationships first before you can build all the things. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it becomes its own meaning in a way. If you just let it happen and we just listen to each other and learn from each other, that in and of itself is huge. And if you're going to hold a meeting, if you're going to invite uh, women to a group, which we highly recommend that you do this sort of thing, like invite your friends to get together and have food and have fun, but have a little bit of a purpose to it. Maybe have a question. I mean, Laura, even beyond Strong Women, you and I have done this before, and it brings such great meaning. If you put a little bit of formality to a gathering about something, that there's a connection beyond kind of your day-to-day stuff not that that stuff isn't important right yeah there's an art to it Mm -hmm. and it becomes something more Mm -hmm. it becomes a more meaningful gathering and if you can you should have a really cute baby that giggles all the time (laughs) like we we had at ours (laughs) yes you should oh my gosh was that the best that was uh well another thing that came up a lot was about You know, there is a land acknowledgement on the website for Balsam Moon Preserve about the indigenous people 
that came before us and, and the land there and indigenous ways of being and knowing came up a number of times. Yes, it did. It came up again and again, and it actually came up in the last focus group that we did, too. And I feel like in society, you hear more and more people talking about this very notion, and it's absolutely critical and spot on to solving the climate crisis. So this idea of living with nature, in harmony with nature, these principles of how can we live with the land, use the land to survive, but not have power over it. Mm-hmm. We don't actually own it. I mean, we might because we have a mortgage or think we do, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's not actually ours. It's something that we should tend to and care for and take care of. And a lot of the indigenous ways and traditional knowledge hold the solutions to this problem. If we start to think about who was here before us, we may not be indigenous ourselves. There were some people there that were, but to me, everyone should have an interest in what was here before you. Absolutely. And what is still here, yes, right? Absolutely, but is yes. like kind of not gone. invisible. Right. Like let's bring it let's bring people and their ideas and their ways of lives that are sustainable and work with the earth to the forefront because that's what we need to be doing right now. These women, I will also say this, that rural women know how to get things done. Absolutely. They're so, such accomplished people and people who have such strong relationships and, and are helping each other out, willing to take help too. That's a hard thing, I think, as a, as a woman. One of the people that was there and who had been on the last Zoom meeting on climate, she came again and she brought up she brought up the last time too, but I wonder if you'd talk about what you heard when you heard this idea of a moral or an ethical economy. What I hear from in her and what she's talking about is this idea of just because we can do something doesn't mean we should, right? And so she had talked last time about this idea of, you know, there's crab legs in northern Minnesota and we should be questioning why are they there and should we even actually be purchasing them when they have to travel thousands of miles to get to us? Or should we be focusing on the things that are sustainable and getting our local systems in a place where we can get all of our needs met locally? Also, this idea came up in the group of act locally, think globally, but we really should be looking at how to sustain ourselves. And she also posed this question, which she said she had never really talked to a lot of people about, but it became this thing of, you know, we say that like water is sacred and we need to protect it. So what if we thought that oil was sacred? What Would we be doing things differently? Because it is kind of a remarkable thing, oil. It takes millions of years to make. We use it all the time in everything that we do. We take it for granted. Yeah. And, and it's running out and it's causing, a, like taking it out of the earth and using it all the time is causing a lot of what we're seeing in climate. So we have to rethink it. But what if we valued it in a different way than like the how it works for us? And yeah, not about there's good jobs in the oil industry. Right. <laughs> or like a drive our car everywhere all the time. Right. That these these ideas of needing oil, because we're never going to fully get away from that, probably. Probably not. 
but also respecting the land and the water and new ideas about how how we transport ourselves and how we get our food and all of those things. Those things could go together if we put value on that. Absolutely. And so this idea of having a moral or ethical economy could look like, you know, how can we transition all of our economy to become an economy that works for the earth and for people? And it will take a huge shift, but we could do it. And we can. I mean, I hope we will. Yeah, I think you said in the car as we left, like, just let's get this universal basic income already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) I know we both want to thank the women that, that came and made it such a magical night for us, especially as we kind of wrap this up in this latest grant cycle. Parting thoughts on... Women listening right now who are strong and maybe need, you know, wondering how they make a connection or should they make connections or, you know, they're busy people. Yeah, I think you should always make connections with other women. As one woman said in this last focus group, if she wants to get something done, she calls together a group of women. And every one of us in the group was like, yeah, of course. (laughs) We knew exactly what she was talking about. We also had a really interesting conversation. I just remembered, I mean, it went from all different kinds of areas, um, from cooking to how society deals with death. Oh, yeah, that was fascinating. And the woman who was there I actually wanted to do a little bit more research on this. Maybe we should get together with her sometime. She did talk a lot about like being a death doula, helping people see, I mean, it's, you know, obviously a part of life. Every, right. Everybody dies. And helping people be comfortable with that and transitioning into the next whatever green, peacefully. She described as green burial, yes. the work that she does. And she also talked about how she had worked with someone once an indigenous person whose grandmother had told them if you know you're getting close to that time just enjoy the ride yes and how that changed for her to hear that from someone else how that changed instead of that fear right and i feel like that changed us too Mm -hmm. because now we know that yeah any last things to say about the strong women focus groups over the last five six years oh yeah I I don't know, Heidi. I just think it's been the most remarkable experience. And I've said before how proud I am that KXC chose to do this because it's rare that a local community radio station would take on a project of this magnitude, take the time to listen to as many rural women as possible. I don't even really know if it's actually ever been done before, to be quite honest. So... That's amazing. Thank you, KXC. Thank you to all the women who showed up. Thank you to all the women who listen and then give feedback afterwards that weren't even a part of the focus group, but they heard the recap and it resonated with them. I run into people all the time who are saying stuff about that. So we we may be taking a break of sorts, but I sense that we will not be done with strong women by any means. No, we'll live on forever. Thanks to the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund, we live in a state that thinks that conversations like this are important, and we thank you for listening and for supporting this independent community radio station, KEXE and KBXE. Laura, thanks for your great work. Thank you, Heidi, and thank you, KEXE. I knew you hadn't changed that much. Why don't you just go?